0: Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Stay Curious, a podcast where we want to create diversity in thought without also creating division in community. We are back with the second part of our, what ended up being a two part conversation because I really derailed the last (laughs) one, but in a good way. I think we ended up having a pretty good conversation all those weeks ago, (laughs) slash 10 minutes ago. And so we are back with like the second part of our conversation about Mark 2 and 3. It is tied in with the Won't He Do It series, sermon series that we're in the middle of here at Hill City. Um, I am Matt Fisher. I am your care pastor, your co-host, and um, your best friend. And I'm here (laughs) with my co-host, head pastor, -pastor, co-pastor, and team member of Hill City Church. John Wagler. John. Yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna make you pretend like I didn't just ask you how you're doing, <laughs> and you talked about your Utah trip. Yeah, how are you doing in the last 15 minutes? Last
1: 15 minutes, good. I, it would be like really good if the air conditioning worked in this room.
0: That would be cool. Pun intended.
1: Pun intended. <laughs> yes.
0: Um. Yes. We nothing have, like
1: warm dead air that we're sharing.
0: This is <laughs> so, this building has been around for so long. How come we haven't figured it out yet? Yeah. Like what? this
1: is part of. Big old buildings. Yeah, it's just that's just always a when thing. you
0: take a building and build it to mostly be a warehouse and yeah. then try to make it not a warehouse, it can be tough. Um, I would agree that I would like to not be sweaty. We are going to skip into the feed uh, or from the feed. I always say into the feed, um, and we are going to just get right back into our conversation um, about Mark two and three this week. We're going to be more focusing on the latter half of Mark three, which is what we meant to do last week. And just kind of talking about some of the things that Jesus says about about his family, some of the lines he sort of redraws. Mm-hmm. Um, before we were recording, we were talking about how Jesus is kind of like, not just flipping the script, but I, I use the analogy, he's like upgrading the software. Yeah. He's very much in his, you've heard it said, but I say mode. And he's taking, I'm sure the Pharisees probably feel like he's breaking things down, but really he's taking... You know his history as a, as a a Jew, mm-hmm. and adding on and upgrade you know upgrading consciousness yeah. in a lot of ways, um, at least in his context. So we're going to take a short break, and then we will come back with our second part of our chat on Mark two and three.
1: Y'all know we stay curious over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: All right. So John, at the end of Mark three, uh, Jesus's biological family comes to him, <laughs> and he's like. Uh, who is my family really? Yeah. Pretty heavy. Yeah. Um, a lot of implications. Now, of course, we can always take it as just like this is at a time for Jesus specifically and doesn't necessarily have implications for us, but kind of feels like it does.
1: Yeah. There's probably a lot of people who read that passage who have tough families. They're kind of like, this is cool. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of like to be able to freely say this. It is loaded because when you think about that part of the passage— um, we can't neglect and remember how important like household codes were and the value of people's family in the realization that, you know, your family line dictated so much for like who you were in a society, how much money you were going to have, like the land, the wealth, all that stuff. And, and so even marital status, all those things. and, And so who you were connected to Mm -hmm. was like a very important piece. And so for Jesus, even just on a practical level here, now this is a, a larger kingdom thing that he's doing, but even on a practical level, like even him uttering those words was, people would just been, there would have been a literal gasp in that room for him to be like, I cannot believe he just said that.
0: I mean, truly, Mm -hmm. I, I cannot imagine, um, even today, like, because for all intents and purposes, he was not, you know, if you're from a super broken family and like, you know, your abusive alcoholic father shows up and you're yeah. like, no, nah, you're not allowed in my house. People be like, that's reasonable. Sure. Uh, back but that's then, not what he
1: was. That's not what his deal was. Yeah. Right?
0: His deal was like his family was by all intent. Cool. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, you know, his mom is obviously the mother Mary um, and his brothers are helping him out with his ministry in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. So that would be, I think pretty scandalous even today if, like, you know, your perfectly functional, caring, supportive family showed up and you were like, meh.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and there's, you know, obviously, like, some people could argue, well, they were also, like, there's a point in Scripture where it says, like, they were doubting, like, mm. who he was and everything, Um, which, you know, that's that's part, you know, can be part of the conversation, of course, but there is also, like, when you, when you read this, it's also important as we read Scripture sometimes to not— this is almost impossible, but like in the moment, people aren't fully taking in who Jesus is. So even him saying this is a bigger thing because he hasn't died and rose again yet. He does like Those things have not been there yet. And so even him saying this at this point in time after he's been doing these miracles and as he's been doing some of these teachings and there's crowds gathering around him and there's families gathering around him. You know, it's like him saying this is is a really it's like a jolting statement that he's making in this moment because he is he when we say that like he blurs lines it's exactly what he's he's doing here like he's he's like man you guys think the kingdom is one way Mm. and you've created your maybe own personal kingdom or whatever And and he's like my kingdom is, the way my kingdom is like, it, it's very different than how you guys are perceiving and entering into this whole idea of of following God.
0: Yeah, and I think, again, this is really easily good news for people who struggle in a family system. So mm-hmm. if there's abuse, if there's neglect, if there's just unloving, I mean, none of us love perfectly, but I mean truly like systematically unloving behavior in a family system Jesus was really offering a lot of freedom to say, like, "Look, just because she's your mom, it doesn't mean that you need to be you set. Like, you can set a boundary and not feel bad about it." Yeah, like you're the. I, I think the um, in in my in the NIV it says, "Whoever does God's will is my mother, sister, and brothers." Mm-hmm. That's that has a lot of heavy implications for people that are in potentially abusive or oppressive relationships with their yeah. biological family.
1: Yeah, it does. It can um it really does it can create a um element of grace for people in that and a um almost like a sigh of relief. Um it doesn't take away pain or trauma or any of those things. But there is a level that in this moment you can be like, Whoa, whoa, whoa. man that person who abused me or that whatever it's like they might be related to me in which i had no choice over mm-hmm. but the reality is is like it does give some space there for people to actually breathe
0: yeah and and it gives you a sort of response when okay so you're having thanksgiving dinner and you know you don't invite your cousin uncle brother mom or dad because they're going to show up they're going to get drunk and they're going to be abusive or mm-hmm. they're going to show up and they're going to you know, not act lovingly, not do God's will. Right. Yeah. Um, and maybe somebody else in the family, Oh, how could you, you know, or whatever. How did you, you invited your friend from church, but you didn't invite your own whatever. Yeah. I mean, you got to like to stand on theologically here as far as, yeah. or, or at least I guess, biblically.
1: Well, there's an equivalent here, you know, both you and I like, uh, Dr. Henry cloud mm-hmm. and he has this great stuff around boundaries. And, um, Jesus is actually setting up some boundaries here, too, because a lot of times what can happen is, you know, just because someone's family doesn't mean they get access to certain things. Or just because someone's family doesn't mean that you have to just, you know, go with it, you know, whatever. And Jesus is actually setting some boundaries here of, of an understanding. And be like, well, you're saying that that they get access here. Mm-hmm. Your family's right outside. And it's like, are you saying that they get access because they're my family? And Jesus is like, no, 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 my family are the people that are in. With the, you know, with the will of the Father, mm-hmm. you know, and so he's he's creating actually some boundaries for people too, that it's okay to have those things. Yeah,
0: and I think it's a real challenge for us as a church. You know, we've talked a lot on this podcast and in our community about um, not idolizing marriage, creating space for single people, creating space for people who are called to um, singleness or non-parenthood. You know, sort of not having kids and. Um, and I think this really even widens that even more, that if you consider yourself a follower of Jesus, if you consider yourself an active member of a church community, you have to start asking yourself, am I creating space for people to feel like family? Like, am I—like, we, you know, we have a couple of—we always call them our 20-somethings, but, like, we, you know, have some folks in our community that one of them consistently jokingly calls me her dad, <laughs> um, uh, but, like— that we it, it's not a oh we're going to throw a party so you can come over it's a hey if you're just feeling lost lonely or that you need you know some familial connection like don't don't hesitate to reach out and just come over and do nothing <laughs> you know just hang out hang out with us and our kids and watch a disney movie yeah. or whatever um a lot of the times that gets you know built in community groups uh discipleship groups but it can also just be Intentional, intentional community.
1: Yeah. And, you know, it's also like, I think it also can bring an awareness into um, sometimes the people who uh, they have this moment with Jesus and they transform their lives and it puts them almost outside of their family. Mm -hmm. You know, that they're like, um, as they've begun to take steps and developing in their faith, they're like, Ah man, I don't like fit anymore. I don't think like this is also creating some room. If you think about it, you know, in um, John chapter seven, uh, Jesus, it says that Jesus family were like, they were doubting who Jesus was. Mm. And, and you can understand that because his, his intellect was like different. His wisdom was different. Like everything was just different. And they were just like, even though like Mary knew and had this experience, it's still like, there's a lot that goes into all of that. And some worry too about, man, if Jesus keeps teaching this way, they're going to kill him. or if, You know, like right. all that stuff. And so there, you can understand some of the angst there. But I would just say that part of what the story does too, or this part of the chapter, it's like, man, when you start developing your faith and growing in your faith and you feel like you're in tune or in step with the Spirit of God working in your life, there can become times, even if your family are Christians, mm. where you're just like, there's a big separation point here that's happening. And it doesn't mean that you just ignore them or just be like, screw you guys. (laughs) I'm not saying that, but you can, there's a moment where you can just feel like, like it gives you, um, some space to continue to develop yourself. It gives you, I think what it can do is gives you grace towards maybe some family members who might be nominally faithful Mm. or whatever that you've, you've felt this like separation. It can be like, well, let me give some grace here. like, you know, mm-hmm. like this can be part of the process. Mm-hmm. Like even Jesus saw this with his own family.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it really it does a lot. To man, this is such a layered. It's only a couple sentences. And I know. It's like we could again talk about it for many episodes, but it also really adds a it's a it's a supporting detail for this idea throughout the whole scripture, um, you know, New and Old Testament. Um, but that Jesus and then Paul really puts. Skin on is this idea of the to be born of the spirit, like you are no longer of the flesh, you are of the spirit. And familial ties, a lot of the times, are very fleshly for sure, meaning yeah. like you're, you know, especially for a mom and a, and a baby, but that extends into the family system, like your caveman brain is what's telling you keep this thing alive, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and yeah, and that's good. There's a there's a beauty to that and a goodness to that, but it just because you you know, clothe and feed somebody um, doesn't necessarily mean that you are acting out of the spirit. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like when we talk about being born of the spirit, we're talking about like when when Jesus talks to Matthew about that. Um, we're talking about no longer being driven by your reptile brain for things, and your reptile brain can drive you to do stupid things like fight or you know hide or you know have sex with somebody you're not supposed to or overeat but it can also drive you to do things that seem good but that are for the wrong reasons like if you only keep a baby alive so that you don't feel guilty that's not a great reason to raise a kid sure does that make sense what i'm saying yeah
1: you know there's um well your last example is probably way too much to horrifying get into sorry um but I think when it comes to, you know, there's a reason. And, and why I think it's important when you read like Galatians five and talks about like the fruit of the spirit, it's like, there are things that come out of us. So even like in our last discussion where we talked about like morality versus love and everything else, there's something deeper that comes out of us when we're actually in step with the spirit. And, it's that love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, mm-hmm. um, faithfulness, and goodness. And and so we those things begin to come out with us in steps. So you can do something that's good. But if those things aren't coming out of us, then it's not a spirit-filled element. And so, yeah, some of our family connections can be tangential or mm-hmm. can be just... We're just born into it. Or it can be, like, maybe service level or whatever. But there is, like, a depth that can sometimes be missing.
0: Yeah. And I think it's important that he says specifically those who do God's will. Because Mm -hmm. when we think about our blood family, you know, maybe, like, my sister is going through a major deconstruction thing right now. So her and her husband— you know, don't consider themselves believers anymore. Um, But her and I's relationship still bears the fruit of the spirit. Like she, she's still, I think, you know, when we talk about God's will of seeing, you know, loving your neighbor as yourself, um, these ideas that are um, pushing toward a uh, bringing heaven to earth, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, um, that can exist Even if maybe you believe differently, it's not necessarily like, oh, well, my yeah, my brother, my cousin isn't a Christian, so the Bible says that I'm allowed to just like not talk to them or or disconnect from them. I think that if you're having like the more generalized like common goals of love, respect, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, then there's something there, and there's there's a relationship worth pursuing. yeah. Um, But also, if you're somebody who comes from a broken home, and um, you feel like that's your missional field, like your family can be your missional field. Mm -hmm. But if you're doing it out of obligation, just because they're your family, that ain't a mission. That's like, that's like moving into, you know, a um, low income neighborhood and helping people because you feel like you have to like you're obligated to that's you know doing things out of obligation is not necessarily what it means to be moved and follow the spirit
1: yeah i think when you also look at this passage there's you know when you when you tie it into even some some of the stuff beforehand what jesus is doing he again he's blurring these lines like he's talking to the pharisees which says teachers of the law and they think that they are kind of elevated above jesus and he's like well He's kind of teaching them, let me tell you what real authority is, you know, showing them what real authority is and real wisdom is and everything else. And they're making all these accusations about him, too. And, and you know, there's this interesting part with Jesus that when he begins to blur the lines, he does it in such a different way than how than the lines that we create, even within our own communities. Mm-hmm and who's in and who's out and everything else. And Jesus is even, when he does this with the family piece, he's not saying family isn't important. He's not saying his mom or his brothers and sisters are not important or anything like that. He is trying to get people to understand that in the kingdom of God, that when we actually follow the Lord's will and everything, what's intended to be, that our family becomes way bigger. Mm-hmm. Our family becomes all of those who profess to you know, follow Jesus. Our family that our communities should become familial. Mm-hmm. And and so it shouldn't be because what can often happen is like someone can say like, well, I'll do that for my family, but you guys aren't my family. You know, and it can those separation points can happen and Jesus is like, that's not how that's not how like this kingdom of God works. Like yeah. we are we are all family in this kingdom of God and until we fully embrace that, mm-hmm. um, then we won't experience his kingdom. That's why like all this stuff when I'm talking to a bunch of pastors here recently and hearing them just talk about, man, Oh my gosh, all this politics stuff we've got, we lost a whole host of like more progressive liberal people or more conservative people. And it's all about politics. And it's like that stuff like Jesus would be livid about if he were around here right now. And he'd be livid about it because he's like, you're not thinking about family the right way. You're not thinking about kingdom the right way. You're not processing like what it means to actually do the Lord's will the right way, you know? And so even there, he would say, this would be in a little different capacity, but I believe Jesus would be like, well, you're saying you're part of this family, but you're actually not Mm -hmm. because you're not not actually participating in the way that you should be.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And again, I would, you know, I think it's a challenge for us as a community. Hill City is a community, but the church as a whole of if we're going to preach this, we have to make sure that there's actually room there. Um, mm-hmm. To live it out, right? So if somebody in your again your whatever Bible study, small or community group, discipleship group, just somebody you know through the community is always talking about how toxic their family is and that they're afraid to go home for Thanksgiving, you got to be ready to be like, come to our yeah, house for congrats, Thanksgiving, right? you yeah. Know? And and you know there might be some awkwardness like introducing your friend from church to your grandma and explaining why they're here but they're not blood family, but that is absolutely I think the call here is um to create a space where you can say well you're part of our family yeah like this is your family now have you ever i'm curious in in like a counseling capacity or like a pastoral sort of like one-on-one conversation capacity maybe even back um, in your days as, as doing college ministry mm-hmm. and stuff. Was there ever a time where you cited this to somebody who just had a really toxic family situation? No
1: doubt. Yeah. like there, There's been a few different times because when you sit with people and they're like, but this is my brother, yeah. or this is my, we, we have talked about this. Um, and quite often, um, though sometimes it was around abuse, um, quite often, honestly, the, the times that I've cited this, it really did revolve around the fact that the people that were sitting with me had chosen to really follow Jesus, mm. and it caused conflict in their family. Mm-hmm. And um, that is actually like a forgotten theme, I think, throughout Scripture. And again, like the blurring of the lines. We make it seem like that following Jesus will make it conflict-free yeah, or tension-free. In the entire like Gospels, when or really in the entire New Testament, it's like when people begin to follow Jesus wholeheartedly, there's tension and conflict everywhere. Mm. And, um, and so I think that's just a reality. And I think that's a little kind of sub kind of thematic thing that's happening here in this passage is, is listen, when you make that step to follow Jesus and you do it wholeheartedly, you are going to have tension and conflict, not even you're going to have it internally yourself because you're just like, oh, I, I used to think one way, but I want to do it. But you're going to have it with people. Yeah. Because you're going to be constantly in conversation or constantly coming against, oh, you're trying to put up this line over here, but man, when I really want to follow Jesus and have the fruit of the Spirit, it's like that line gets blurred, mm. you know? And we neglect to see that part. I think that's actually like a big, um, and when I look at Christian culture, there there are well, a bunch of things, but one of the things that I I think we miss out on helping people understand is like, one, following Jesus is going to bring conflict in your life Mm -hmm. and tension in your life. And you just might as well embrace that right now. And a lot of times it's with family. Mm -hmm. Um, Another thing that I think is important is like the intensity to which, what it means to follow Jesus. I think that's part of the story too that um, we don't talk about. We have classified following Jesus as like a raising of the hand we've classified following Jesus as just saying we're an evangelical Christian or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, form of Christianity you believe in. We have just, we use terms like, um, and I know this is a loaded statement I'm about to make because of what it means. But like, you know, when I see the term people like love is love Mm -hmm. and I'm like, and they'll they'll attach that to Jesus. I'm like, that's, that's not how Jesus talked about it. Mm -hmm. You know? And like, there's, there's an intensity to following Jesus that I think culturally we've missed out on, and in this passage, um, this is what the battle is happening here: that the teachers of the law, mm-hmm. these what would be deemed conservative Christian teachers, right? Mm-hmm. Like the, these teachers are having a huge problem with the intensity to which Jesus is saying it means to follow him. Mm-hmm. The, his um, his family is having a problem with the. Intensity, it means to actually follow Jesus. Um, in John chapter six, um, the people that were around him, like they, Jesus is having this teaching, and he's like, Man, the people were like, If that's the way, if that's what it means to follow you, it's too hard. Mm-hmm. And, the, and Jesus, like, looks at them. I'm paraphrasing, obviously, but like, he looks at them and is like, Yep. Yeah. And he just lets them leave. Yeah. There, there's, a, there's an intensity to which we're missing. I think, culturally.
0: A hundred percent, yeah. I think that, you know, um, even just that phrase, like, love is love, right? Um, I think what Jesus would respond to, I, I, you know, the moralistic response is like, well, that's not true. Um, the more hedonistic response would be like, absolutely, whatever you want to sure, do. Yeah. Jesus' response, I think, would be a yes and. Like, you're, you're right, love is love. So what is love? Yeah, he would like— Are we talking about— yeah sex are we talking about friendship are we talking about or are we talking about the force that holds reality together yeah God's love keeps the stars in the sky and keeps our like electrons circling one (laughs) another like that's pretty powerful and it's a lot bigger than maybe what we mean sometimes
1: yeah and when Jesus begins to talk about love he he's actually digging into um, he's not talking about sexual love you know like he's, he's talking about a love that is is shaping us like in the sense of you know, the love that Christ has for us is transcendent to be of to enough that says, like, that's the love that I need, mm-hmm. right? And that that kind of love, like, it's like, again, there's an intensity to mm-hmm. the love piece that we're, we're talking about here. And so I think we just miss out on something. Like, we read a passage like that, and we're like, whoa, that's a weird thing about family. Yeah, And it's like, so there's all these family things you begin to wrestle with. But then I also think that there's a part where where Jesus is trying to say, like, I think, you know, in American culture, Christianity, we're saying that, like, we almost, well, not we almost, I think we make saying being a Christian too easy.
0: Yeah, I would agree with Do, that. You know what I mean? I like, mean, we're not even getting into when he tells two of his apostles not to go to their own father's funeral. <laughs>
1: <Right>. <laughs> but, but it's tr- there, yeah. There's like a part, we make it, we just yeah. make it too easy. It's
0: just a, it's a, it's a box to tick a lot yeah.
1: of times. So. Yeah. That's when, when people are like, um, when they're talking about like when they call it like statistics, like, you know, 77% of evangelicals voted one way. I'm like, yeah. nope.
0: Yeah. They I say, mean, maybe they, by name, yeah. but like, yeah.
1: there's no way that number is like a reality.
0: I'll, I've told this story before, but there's a, um, one of the really formative sort of like artists in my life was this band called Me Without You. And... Um, they kind of ran in Christian circles, but wouldn't have called themselves a Christian band. The two brothers, uh, there's two brothers in the band, and the singer who writes all the lyrics. They were actually raised Sufi, so they kind of like had this very gray area of like this idea of being Christian or being religious or whatever. But they played all the Christian festivals. They were on a Christian record label. I was, I, um, they have like a, a their bus runs on Greece or what you know, yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah, yeah. And I was helping somebody. Uh, they were in town playing a show and they – actually, their friends – or Daniel knows some of them okay. uh, who who does our sound here. And anyway, we were getting – we were collecting grease for them in their bus. So we go back behind the club and we're hanging out with the band and the singers there. And somebody comes up to him and is just like, are you guys like a Christian band? It was real accusatory, but are you guys like a Christian band? And he had this great total Enneagram 4 like poetic Thomas Merton moment where he like kind of looked up. He was quiet for a second. He looked back at the guys in the band, and he's like, you know, we haven't really been today. (laughs) That was his (laughs) response. His response are you a Christian, man? was like, you know, today we really have it. (laughs) And it was like for him, again, being raised Sufi, so like having no connection to this concept of like, yeah, the box-ticking evangelical Christian – in his head, he was like, well, what Christian means is to be like Christ. And today, I didn't – I wasn't. I didn't do that. You know, I didn't. Yeah. You know, and, and who knows what that means, yeah. uh, what he did. But sure. <laughs> um, I always – that that was like a formative moment in my life of mm-hmm. just like, this is how I'm going to start thinking about this. It's about more than what you claim. Yeah. It's about how you live and what you do. Now, I also think some of that – We again, this is a thread we probably don't want to pull on, but some of it has to do with this country's um, – relationship with like extremism and individualism like we need totally. to remember that this is a country that was founded by extremists <laughs> who are also extreme individualists and so when you do think sometimes when you think about somebody who is really radical about their faith and really does live it out it also can be you know can be weird too like you can yeah it can be like totally. living in the middle of the woods burning your social security card yeah kind of culty vibe. Yeah. Um hey, you know, respect for living out your thing, but also be wise about how you're doing that. But I think you're 100% true. That's probably the minority ish the the lesser problem. Yeah. The bigger problem is like, yeah, I'm Christian, I guess. I think <laughs> It's like the weird right, thing to yeah. say I guess about.
1: Well, that's the thing that I think with Jesus that I think constantly when I just teach about what he, you know, what he taught and trying to like portray that in the most simplistic way but there i'm constantly like taken back by the passion intensity and um almost extremism Mm. of what it what he talks about to follow him Mm. yet he does it in the middle Mm. do you know what i mean like he he does it in the space that no one actually wants to inhabit and he does it there like that's how he does it and i think that's one of the things even here with this passage that can easily be missed he's he is he's not trying to be one of the extremes he he's saying there's an intensity to follow me but we do this in this incredibly gracious compassionate empathetic way that and kind way that puts us in the middle mm-hmm. of all this stuff and like, that's where my people are. Mm-hmm. That's where my family should yeah. reside. That's what the kingdom of God is like.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, <clears throat> and it's a, I mean, like in Buddhism, they call it the middle path, right? Like we often call it the third way. I mean, like the original Christianity was called the way. Yeah. Um, it's this idea that you think that life is a binary between dispassion and passion. So you're either fervently for this thing or totally ambivalent about it. And the in intensity of that third way is something that we don't we don't like to to deal with we were kind of talking about on the last episode how you know gladiator would be a very boring movie if Mm -hmm. uh maximus had just not fought (laughs) and 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 like boldly martyred himself but then there's no movie so we hate that idea yeah we hate we hate the idea of the sort of like um not uh well passive resistance right yeah if, or not passive but nonviolent resistance
1: yeah if the story is told that in gladiator that he turns the other cheek
0: yeah what wh- that doesn't make where me do feel you go from there. yeah my feelings don't feel i don't feel any good emotions about that um yeah. and but but how extreme would that be you know exactly, like how extreme yeah. how extreme would it be if instead of sending it you know if a, somebody attacked a, if a if a I'm not saying we do this, but like if an army attacked us, whatever that country was, if we instead of sending soldiers back to attack them, just sent Christians over there to just say, "Hey, you guys seem mad at us, if you want to kill us cool, but like we're here to hear to to figure out what's going on, yeah, that's not a good story, but it's a <laughs> <Yeah>. really <laughs> radical thing to do,
1: yeah, I think Jesus' third way is it's like sometimes people associate the third way of Jesus as this like blah, middle ground, right? Like, you're not going to do anything in the middle. You're not yeah. gonna, It's like, that's not what Jesus was doing. No. Like it was an intense, like, like focused following of him mm-hmm. with an intense love, intense grace, intense compassion, intense kindness, generosity, all those things. But he was doing it in this way that engaged people that were all around and surrounded him, that that's what the kingdom of God is like. And we don't fight for that enough. As Christians, yeah. you know, we don't like I when, you know, back to like all the political conversations and stuff like that, when people are like, there's some people like, because listen, I have like super strong opinions about policy, like yeah. politics and stuff like that. You, neither you nor I fully share them, you know, on here or, you know, I sure as heck don't do it from the sermon, sure. you know. Um, But the reality is, is like when I really like take a step back and I'm like, yeah, but how does Jesus engage all this stuff? It's like, man, he does this stuff like right in the middle He's done it intensely like you know follow him and everything else and I and I just keep thinking about all these different moments and so one time I don't even remember if I've talked about this on, on here before but or not but one time someone came up to me and was like "wags who are you voting for? This is like in the last I'm like I am not telling you who I'm voting for mm-hmm. like and and uh, and they and that was funny because they're like damn it yeah. <laughs> so, but anyway they um, they're like but what would you what would you like to see Christians do? And, um, I was like, you know, this is going to sound totally radical and, um, and this could get twisted so easily into a power play and everything else. I was like, but I would really, it would be cool if like all the Christians just decided we're not voting Hmm. and we just decided what, where we're headed and what's represented and everything else is really crappy for everybody. Mm -hmm. And, um, so we're just going to take a massive stand together just this one time Mm -hmm. and we're gonna take this massive stand together. Like, progressive Christians, you know, more conservative Christians. We just want to passionately follow Jesus. And none of what we see is actually good for people. Yeah. And, and I was like, that's what I, would. I was like, I'm not even doing that yeah. <laughs> personally. I'm I'm going to go, <laughs> but, yeah. uh, and so they were like, they just kind of looked confused. I'm like, I'm not even saying like I have all the answers or anything like that. But my point is, is that the, the things that like following Jesus, what it brought about in people were these actions that were so intense, but they somehow like were in the middle and it was good for everybody, mm. you know? And it was, and so, yeah, I don't know. I just, sometimes when we say like the third way or the middle the people are kind of like, Oh, you guys are just trying to like skirt the issue. You're trying to, it's like, no, 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 no. Like the way of Jesus is intense.
0: Yeah. I think there's a difference between being in the middle and both sides and everything. I've that a lot of uh, both, yeah, yeah, yeah. both sides yep. or either oring things. Yep. Um, I think it's more of a, Again, it's a yes and, not a Mm -hmm. no but. Um, But we're very caught up in that. Again, going back to just probably World War II, Cold War, when things went from being morally deterministic into morally more ambiguous um, with Vietnam, I think, uh, as a society. Um, Do you think that – we'll kind of end with this since we started talking about family. Do you think one of the issues – and we've talked about this with marriage is that in our culture, we really idolize the family unit, right? Like you think about things, especially in the church. I mean, I like, I like an adventure in Odyssey just as much as the next nineties Christian, but like <laughs> focus on the family, family values. Like yeah. I don't feel like we really put that word family on trial enough in our culture.
1: Yeah. You know, I, so I would put this in a category of the yes and uh, again here because I think um, from a sociological standpoint, the family is incredibly important. When you begin to chip away at marriage and family and everything, um, you chip away at society um, because inherently um, a lot of what goes along with that are people just wanting to do what they want to do, mm-hmm. you know, rather than cultivating family, and um, and so I do think that there's a societal discussion to be had. Like um, Corey and I, um, Corey's our youth pastor. Um, we were talking about um, this. Um, one of the guys that we both follow on Twitter um, had just put out this statement uh, or this article um, that had just been done about um, the difference. In in two parent families versus single parent families, mm. and how um, in the two parent fam- families, like the racial disparities basically go away, hmm. and in um, a lot of like the um, societal things like crime rates, educational mm. rates, like all these things, like they they almost go away. And so he was making this point, not that that's the the be all end all, but there is a there is a factor there that you can't ignore. Mm that um that the the family unit and structure is important to a society, mm-hmm. however, we can idolize it, and it can be um detrimental to um how we talk about how we engage it, the fact that so often um you know if you're single, you know, you feel like you're like ousted if you're not married, you know, in church communities, or um if you if you were divorced or if you are a single parent, you know, for whatever like you you're like, I'm ostracized from different things too because of that. And and so we've done a disservice sometimes by overemphasizing or having like an idolatrous relationship with the family language.
0: Mm, that's good. Well, thanks everyone for joining us. Um, if you have questions, quips, comments, or quotes, you can email them to stay Curious at hillcityrva.com. Rate and review us when you get a second and share the episode so that others can get in on the conversation. And until next time, remember to stay curious. curious.